The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you're with us now. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae. My friend is Director of Faith-Based Programming at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You always encourage me. When we sit down and talk together, Percy, I always walk away feeling better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully, I'm not leaving you feeling worse. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. Thank you, friend. But it is an important quality in a person that you always feel uplifted when you talk to them. You know people like this. Yeah, that's true. And again, I, I certainly want to be that person. I desire to be that. Because one of the greatest gifts that we can give is a gift of leaving people better than when we found them. Absolutely. And that was the that was the impact of Christ when he left people. He left them better than when he found Good them. Good point. Yeah, I like that. All right. Now, as we often do, you're going to talk with a person here today who's involved in, I will say, a cancer ministry. Absolutely. Within a clinical setting. And that's what I love about the context of most of the shows that we do. We're talking about ministry in a clinical context, and we're going to hear the impact of that and the results of that today. Her name is Vera Boone, and uh, you'll meet her as uh, Percy talks with her. You recorded this in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. The your, city, your second home, right? Yeah, the city where God lives. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now you're a Chicago guy. When did you spend time in Tulsa? I went to Tulsa to go to Bible college. Okay. And so, so you I grew up in Chicago. Grew up in Chicago. Went to college uh, there. We went college. Came in, back to Chicago to live. That's right. And now you live elsewhere. And I live now in Florida. Oh. So I've covered, oh. yeah, I've covered some territory. You don't like the winters here? Uh, you know, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> I like the sunshine better. All right. Well, it is a delight to uh, serve our listeners with this podcast. That's the way I view it. Uh, we're, we're trying to serve you with this information, and we're hearing from you that you're enjoying it. So many of you are subscribing. That's encouraging in and of itself. Thank you. And pass the word along that this program is available. We don't have this huge advertising budget to let people know about this, but you are advertising for us. So thanks. Yes, you are our walking billboard, if you will. So please let everyone know if there is value that you find in the programming, let others know about that and pass this along. Cancer is a big conversation. It impacts a lot of people. So we want to reach as many of those people as we possibly can. We try to give you a gift each week of a resource. We do. It's a resource that Percy has put a lot of thought into from his years of experience. And this this week, the resource is called Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. And I'll just mention these quickly, uh, but you'll get this in the resource. First of all, get a second opinion. Second of all, find the right doctors. Thirdly, know what questions to ask. And then fourth, stay strong for the fight. So these are four things. And of course, the resource elaborates on each of those. Correct. And again, it's not exhaustive, but these are really four critical things that every cancer patient should do uh, when told that they have cancer that potentially may make a big difference in your journey and possibly your outcome. So perhaps you are at the beginning of a cancer diagnosis or a loved one is, and you're just, you know, trying to sort through that confusion always comes yeah. at the start. And this would be a great thing to get your hands on. The free resource available, four things every cancer patient must do, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com, which is also where you subscribe to this podcast. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can listen and re-listen to this program. You can go back in time and listen to previous episodes. So uh, we're grateful to have this technology and this way to address Absolutely. Our, our many listeners. Absolutely. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, I 
hope you'll consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. There's that word that keeps coming up, (laughs) 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technology to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. What do you got in your hand there? You got a Bible? I've got a Bible verse, and I'm loaded and ready to go. <laughs> All right, friend. let's go. Well, with that being said, our spiritual nugget is Psalms, the 28th chapter, verse 7, and it says, The Lord is my strength, praise God, and my shield, my heart trust in him and he helps me my heart leaps for joy and with my song i praise him lovely verse all right let's get into today's interview now recorded earlier in tulsa here's percy mccray well with me today on the show is vera boone she is a radiation oncology physician assistant And she's worked at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America how long now? Uh, Going on 21 years. It is a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the show. How are you, dear? Thank you. 21 years. Why don't you get a job and figure out what you want to do in life, huh? (laughs) 21 years is a long time. And as we sat and embraced each other uh, before we started recording, I remember having worked with you because I also worked in this particular facility uh, before we actually built the building that we're in now at the old uh, location uh, some 20 years ago. So it's so good to see you and you look great and it's, it's just good to see and talk to someone who's been here as long as I have. I feel like I'm a relic at this point, <laughs> but it does speak to the fact of the joy, I guess, of, of still working in this organization. How are you, dear? I'm good. Thank you. Well, good. Let's talk a little bit about what you do. I'm not sure, as I stated to you earlier before we started the show that many people are aware of physician assistants and what physician assistants do. So without getting into a lot of technical clinical stuff, what what is a physician's assistant and what do physician what well, what do you do as a physician's assistant well, in as a college? As a physician assistant, we are we're, uh, advanced practice providers and we are trained um, physician assistants are trained along the medical model. So we are able to diagnose and uh, treat but we always work with a physician, a supervising physician. So, um, so you're working underneath the supervision of a physician. Correct. Got it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's been around since 1965, I believe, is the first PA program at Duke University. Okay. And they came out of the Vietnam. Uh, um, the medics that came out of the Vietnam War okay. were the first ones that started. Um, the PA program at Duke University. That's interesting. I did not even know mm-hmm. that. So that is a good piece of history to mm-hmm. understand. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a, a lost art or, or concept of people who have been, been in one place that long. And so uh, I salute you in that regard. So you work with oncology patients. How is working with the oncology community, say, different than other uh, types of, uh, you know, forms of sickness and diseases? It's interesting because I think it puts, um, when you get hear the word cancer, you all of a sudden things kind of come in perspective. Sure. Like life could end at any moment. Yep. It can do that for everybody. So that's one thing that I do remind people. None of us are promised anything beyond the moment we're in. Yeah. And so, you know, but working um, here, I feel like you can give people hope 
and a purpose and um, help strengthen them, you know, for the journey that they're ta- undertaking. And how important to you as a as a healthcare professional, how important is it to you to be able to do exactly what you just stated, to be able to give people hope, to create an environment of hope? Well, I, I really appreciate it because I feel like um, I can express my own beliefs here. So you have, you have a, a faith it, orientation. Yes, I do. And, and, you're, and, and you're comfortable in being able to express that or to share that or right. to support people from that perspective. Correct. I, uh, oftentimes, you kind of have to be sensitive to the patient. Absolutely. And, but sometimes you just sense, and I, I feel free and am able to ask them, can I pray for you? Yep. Can we pray together? And so that's one of the things that really is a blessing. And so how important do you think that is? Obviously, uh, in a medical environment, you know, the focus is on clinical care, and it should be. Uh, How important is the ability to support people with their faith in a clinical environment? We're not talking about faith taking the place of medicine and science, but we're talking about being a support to individuals while undergoing clinical care. How important is that, do you think, from your perspective? Well, I think it is because you have to, you you know, we are, uh, we're all eternal being, beings in my belief system. Yep. And, um, you know, important to support them in what they're f- physically going through, but also spiritually. Mm. They need to maybe sometimes be prepared for what's going to happen for their family's sake and um, even just for their own you know, peace, uh, that what may be going to happen uh, if they are going to go ahead and um, not, you know, survive the cancer. Mm-hmm. What type of impact have you noticed with when patients are allowed to utilize their faith? And as a caregiver, you are being allowed to support people. What type of impact have you seen? Again, we're not saying that you know, this is empirical data or mm-hmm. anything like that. What What are some of the things that you've seen that has made an impact upon people? With I think regard? it gives some peace okay. about what the next step may be. Let's talk a little bit about your mission work that you do. I actually have had the opportunity to be part of a mission trip with a group from an observational perspective. And I found it amazing in Mexico with a group that has started a clinic there. And I saw some of the things that they were doing and they wanted me to do some training from a spiritual care perspective with some of the pastors. Let's talk a little bit about your mission work. That's mainly the mission trips that I've been on. I've been part of a medical team, but connected with uh, the churches that I have attended. Sure. And the last one that I went to was in Colombia, and it was with a a gentleman from my church that has a ministry that uh, he serves uh, the Colombian uh, people by he has uh, built a discipleship type group within churches in the Columbia. And so we were the first medical team and ended up, I was the only medical person on the team, but we worked with a local doctor and it was, it was a great, um, it was a great team. We all were very cohesive together. And the the goal was partly was an outreach. We weren't going to cure anybody of any major disease, but it was a way to reach out to the people and, help them um, get connected. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, the day that the doctor, the local doctor wasn't with me, I we had to climb a mountain 
<laughs> and I was able, of course, you got to take into account there, you can't do a deep, in-depth um, clinical things, but I saw 100 people in one day. Wow. I, that was, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you were able to, um, the other people, part of the team were ministering to them before they would see me or... Uh, you know, we'd give them out glasses. We had uh, yeah. optometry there. Yeah. We had, um, you know, mostly vitamins and supplements and, you know, things like that sure. to help, you know, with their nutritional uh, status. Great. That's awesome. And I would have to imagine that on some level that is very satisfying work, for lack of a better term, or ministry that you can participate in. It was. It was. The thing that I'm interested in now at this point, Vera, with regard to who you are and what you do is um, what are some of the things that you are seeing with regard to um, advancement of thought with medical care of cancer? You've been in the field long enough and you've worked with the oncology group long enough to see that there are some paradigms that have shifted with regard to treatment of Mm -hmm. cancer that we never talked about or we couldn't discuss 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that you see that, that is of interest that you'd like to highlight with regard to things that we can do from a cancer care perspective clinically now? Now we have the immunotherapies, mm. which are targeting the immune modulators, which are now you know, working at the uh, gene level and uh, the different types of things that they can do now with uh, testing and figuring out what might be appropriate for that particular type of cancer. In the radiation field where I'm working now, we have a lot of different type of machinery, um, emphasis on, um, you know, very targeted uh, treatment, like with CyberKnife, which is a higher dose with less fractions. Okay. So the point to be made is that it is a great time to be in the clinical community with regard to the advancements of what we can do from a treatment perspective of cancer. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I say that only to say that, of course, obviously we talk about the spiritual support and we talk about all that goes into that. And it's very important, but I never want us to lose sight of the fact that clinically uh, we still need to be able to embrace and understand and, and own the fact that there are great clinical advancements that are taking place every day of things that we can do and are doing of treatment of cancer that we we couldn't talk about 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's a great time to be part of the cancer community. It is. Well, we have heard today from one who works in the field, and I want to get one last thought from you, if I may. What is uh, the one thing that gives you hope? I believe it's my my faith in um, seeing what is being done in the field and just the ability to talk about spiritual things with patients. You've heard today from Vera Boone, who is a radiation oncology physician's assistant, has worked at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Tulsa for 21 years and still loving what she does. And we love you for doing what you do. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Percy, I'll come back to you in just a moment to talk about what we learned from Vera here today. 
I hope you'll consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have by calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. What a sweet spirit from our guest today. Well, we, we heard from a 21-year veteran who's been in the field of oncology serving patients as a uh, physician's assistant, and her heart is pure. She loves the Lord. Uh, she's been on mission trips. She prays with her patients, and she feels that, you know, uh, it's a privilege to be able to do that and serve in that capacity. Again, just a genuine heart of service from the Lord. I love talking mm-hmm. to her. How did the interview specifically impact you personally, Percy? Well, as as often with many and most of the interviews, because we're a family, when, when you understand the cancer community and when you've been involved with that community, serving them as long as I have and as long as Vera has— you know, you feel a camaraderie. You know, there's, for lack of a better analogy, there's a, a fraternal uh, kind of camaraderie, a locker room kind of sense of hmm. we're we're all on a team. Yep. We're together and, on this, and we and we work hard. It's really hard work, and you spend a lot of long hours. So it's always good to talk to a team member <laughs> and to hear uh, their labor of love and to hear how invested they are. And we certainly heard that from Vera. But one of the things that was very interesting uh, that I did not know, and I, I think is important to highlight, you know, she's a physician's assistant, and I don't think we've had but maybe one or two interviews with the physician's assistant in the history of the podcast, but I I wasn't that familiar with the background of physician assistant. So Mm -hmm. I thought it would make sense to kind of do a little background and and look up what and where and how physician's assistant started because she did mention a little history. Yeah, I'd like to know too. And so I found some very interesting information I'd like to share with the audience. And so if you don't mind, uh, according to Yale's School of Medicine website page entitled Physician Associate Program, Program, it says that the first educational program for physician assistants began in 1965 in response to a perceived shortage and maldistribution of physicians. Okay. At the same time, many corpsmen were returning from the Vietnam War, and Vera had mentioned that, who were well-trained to address trauma and surgical conditions. Dr. Eugene Steed, chairman of the Department of Medicine at Duke University, established a two-year program to formally educate physician assistants in order to address the healthcare delivery issues of the time. And who would have thought 
that the physician's assistant's role will have grown to the degree that it is today. There are so many physician's assistants that are in so many healthcare institutions. And of course, that is the discipline that uh, Vera represented and, and, and has been involved in now for the last 20 plus years. So I thought that that was just good information to know and to hear yeah, about the history. I appreciate you finding that out for us. Yeah. And she's a great representative of that occupation. Well, she's a great representative in general. She, you can tell she's a, a great representative of humanity, of, of the kingdom of God, of healthcare associates and clinicians, and certainly the, the cancer community at large. I loved speaking with this lady. Here's what I picked up on that she said. She said, working here, I feel like you can give people hope and purpose and help strengthen them for the journey that they're undertaking. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm laying in a hospital bed and in a, in a healthcare environment, I want that person <laughs> serving me. I want that person supporting me yeah. because it speaks to the intentional uh, dynamic of ministry that is part of her focus and her inspiration that she mills into her healthcare practice that at the end of the day, I'm here to provide hope to people and mm-hmm. what a joy and a privilege it is to do so. And she takes that with her and she embodies that in every aspect of her clinical services uh, and commitment within a clinical environment. I was also impressed with the fact that it, it isn't just in her, you know, professional occupation, but she volunteers her services. She mentioned the the mission trip to Colombia, for instance. Well, I, I think you and I can agree upon this and many that may be listening. It's going to be pretty difficult to delineate not being that same person abroad and just only be that person at work. You are who you are yeah. at the end of the day. And so it would only make sense that she's also taking that abroad or mission trips and helping uh, those who are less fortunate. And anyone who's ever been on a mission trip uh, can attest to the fact that that is a life-altering experience. And again, I'm talking to the king of, of, <laughs> of a lot of mission work, and it, it's a powerful thing to be able to do. Oh, I, I love serving overseas whenever possible. It's not doesn't happen real often, but when it does, it's a it's a rich experience, and you come back uh, richer for the experience. I think it's true. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to change gears because this podcast is attracting tens of thousands of people to listen to it. People who are caregivers, people who are going through chemotherapy or radiation, people who have been through cancer and come out the other side. But so many different kinds of people listen to this podcast, and it just encourages us to know that we can be helpful in this way. Well, again, the word that comes to mind is the universality. We're diverse and we're universal because the cancer conversation covers a wide swath and landscape and cross-section of people across the world. And and to be able to speak to that audience on that level and to penetrate, you know, some of the core issues that many of those individuals are dealing with or may deal with and to be able to speak meaningfully and intentionally and substantially to that is a very rewarding thing for us to be able to do. And I know I speak for you that, again, we're grateful for the opportunity oh, yeah. of that type of ministry. Yeah. And if I could make a request of those who are gaining some value from listening to this yeah. podcast, it really helps us when you leave a review. Mm. Uh, the best place to do that, I think, is on iTunes. Yep. Uh, Look for the podcast on iTunes, Health, Hope, and Inspiration, this podcast. Leave a review because that just bolsters, you know, the the visibility to others 
Uh, and so they're attracted to listen as well. And you can, you can leave reviews other places as well, but wherever you do it, it just helps us a great deal. I know we currently live in a day and age of likes and, you know, shares and posts, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and some of those things are questionable, but we really want to spread the gospel or the good news of supporting cancer patients around the subject of God's love and his faithfulness and hearing real life stories of individuals who have been there, done that, who are doing that or those who are supporting individuals to do so. And so please, yeah, uh, give us some reviews and let other people hear uh, what these shows are are meaning to you and how beneficial they have been. Be specific. We'd love, we'd love to hear that. Absolutely. We want to hear very, you know, be kind and be gentle. <laughs> Everybody uh, wants to be liked. <laughs> that's exactly right. But we want to be liked for the right reason, True. and that is to be beneficial to this specific conversation. The cancer conversation is specific. We're not... Uh, you know, just tiptoeing around the mulberry bush. <laughs> we talk about difficult topics. True. Yeah, we we talk about difficult subjects. Uh, we talk about having fun. We talk about high moments. We talk about it all. And at the end of the day, we want as many people to benefit from uh, hopefully the good work that is being done with regard to this discussion and conversation about cancer. One way we can help even beyond the podcast is by offering you resources. This week, it's the resource, Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. This comes from your experience working with a lot of cancer care professionals, doesn't it? Absolutely. Again, just as an example, the the first point that we make in this document is get a second opinion. At the end of the day, make sure that the opinion that you're getting and that you're hearing, you feel confident in that. And in some cases, you may have to speak to more than than just one healthcare professional to feel comfortable with what is being said to you. So this is not rocket science with regard to the information that we're providing. We're simply warning uh, individuals to feel nurtured, encouraged, and empowered around the, the whole idea of being dealing, dealing with the idea of cancer. So finding the right doctors, what does that mean? Hmm. At the end of the day, you need to feel comfortable. It's your choice. That's yeah. exactly right. Again, you have the ability to say yay or nay to that which you engage with, and again, feeling good about and partnering with, and you know, knowing what questions to ask. Sometimes this is just an overwhelming discussion with a lot of information that may overwhelm you. So again, uh, knowing what questions to ask and then uh, how to stay strong for the fight. At the end of the day, let's be clear, a uh, battle with cancer is a journey oh, yeah. that requires a fighting spirit. It's true. And so we want to empower you to be able to fight back and push back against the enemy and the adversary called cancer that may be trying to bully you off the block. But at the end of the day, I think you still may have something to say about that with the hope and the faith of God with good clinical care. Go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for four things every cancer patient must do. Our free resource this week from Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Now, if you're a pastor or a leader in your church, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. We've talked about this before, but just, uh, just consider that. Pray about that. Join the Ministry Leaders Network of Our Journey of Hope. You can do that also through the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, when you click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page. The Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Now, you shared some scripture with us earlier that's still still in my mind. Will you repeat that for everyone? Yeah, as we close for today, and thank you for the opportunity, as always, to speak to this audience, Psalms 28, verse number 7 says, The Lord, the Lord, be clear about where your strength comes from. This scripture says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. 
my heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I will praise him. Today, be strengthened. Know that God is your shield and your buckler. Our trust is in him, and therefore, we're going to leap with joy as we continue to sing the songs of praise to our God. He reigns. Percy McRae, thanks, brother, for your encouragement. Love you, thank you, and be blessed and be well. Until the next time, I've got to go chop some more wood. (laughs) Join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.